think we're gonna, yeah, we're going to start, I guess. Um, hello, everybody. Fall out for heart. Nice to see you. Remember, this is not an AA meeting. It's a different thing, but I come from AA. I've been sober, luckily, for 28 years. And in a way, I think the best way you can know about the problem is from the solution. Yeah. So if you get relief, let's say stable relief, that relief allows you to notice what was there when you weren't, weren't having any relief. Yeah? And to me, as AA talks about, I saw it as a sense of self. Yeah? That bondage to the idea of being a someone, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity that's thought about constantly, was why there wasn't any opportunity to get relief other than the relief I got from doing drugs and alcohol and other things, which were very temporary. And maybe I could change my feelings, but I couldn't change the mental state that was framing my life, which was I was identified as a self. And as AA says, the problem resides in the mind. The problem resides in the thought system. That's where the idea of being something is hatched, and that's what reinforces the sense of being something. And if you have a certain sense of self that starts becoming the basis of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, then there'll be a drive to get some relief from it, yes? But the problem is, when we try to get relief from it, we're actually getting relief for it, because we don't know were identified as it. As AA says, Rule 62, I don't know if you use it here, we have Rule 62, which means, says, don't take yourself so seriously. Well, you can't take yourself more serious than being identified as it. And to really clarify that there is a huge distinction in the book that Bill W. presents about this idea of self. And on page 64, he speaks of it and um, clearly, and I like to use it because this had a big impact on me when my mind changed and I came back to this chapter, How It Works, and I had read this sentence thousands of times. The sentence uh, opened to me all new meanings about the, let the words in it, and here it goes. It says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. So that's a pretty good statement of the real cause of the defeat, yes? Self. And, the def- and how does it do it? In many, many ways. Yes? So self manifested, and manifested means it appears, or, yeah. It appears in many, many ways, and in those ways, it defeats us. So if you listen to this, there's a clear uh, difference in self and us. Yeah, We're us, and then he's saying, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're the us. Yeah, Self isn't us. That thing that's talking to you, as you, for you, and by you, isn't you. It's totally riddled with alcoholism. Your thought system is the main reinforcement of the bondage of self. That's what it does. It talks as if we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. 
like all day. I have a simple example. It had happened right in this room. I came here. I hadn't been here in a while. And a guy came in who had seen me before and said, Hey, Paul, you're growing your hair. Yeah. So I said, Yes, I am growing my hair. And I'm doing pretty good. You know, this looks pretty good. And he was balding. I said, You're not doing so well with the growing of the hair. And I said, You know what I found, bro? I found if I join with other people, like growing our hair, it gets, I can, it grows faster. So, you know, and I go, I could go on and I'm very proud about my hair. But really, I have nothing to do with it growing. The only thing I can do is cut it. Yeah. I'm not growing my hair. But see, the language sort of sounds like, I'm doing it, yeah? Hey, bro, you're growing your hair. Or like I had the, this knee gave out in the water in surfing a couple years ago. And then if I would meet people after the event, I would say, I hurt my knee. Now, if you, if you listen to it, it sounds like I swam out into the water with a hammer and I fucking started hitting my knee. It sounds like the knee went out. I was probably the last one to know, basically. And the knee went out, and it was a surprise to me. There was no intention in there. Like, I went, I'm going to hurt my knee. You know what I mean? It's not the way. But the language is constantly implying or assuming we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. Yeah. And the, really, the biggest thing is the idea that you're drinking. You're being used, you, and when I say you, I don't mean you personally, I mean all these yous, yeah? You are being used for transportation, for a parasite, yes, to get its fuel. It wants alcohol and drugs, because that gives it more oomph. And if you've have, have you ever heard about parasites, the ones in nature, there's a new one they found. Toxo is its nickname. It's in about 30% of human brains. And everyone in the parasites usually need a host because they have a giant, giant, almost impossible mountain to climb. They can only fulfill their reproduction in, let's say, a cat's belly, and they're in a rat's. Yeah. They're in a rat body, and their drive is to get into a cat belly. Now, that's fucking pretty insurmountable. They don't have legs. They can't call Uber. They can't do that. They're sort of stuck somewhere that's impossible to get out of. But they have an imperative. They have to, they want to get to that freaking be the belly of the cat. So what they do, just like alcoholism, they jack the, into the brain of the cat, of, of the rat and the mice, and they tell the rat, yeah, if you see a cat, run at it. And then this, this, this takeover overrides any desire of self-preservation, which is supposedly the, one of the strongest instincts in animals. It overrides that like that, and the rat will run after the cat, basically saying, eat me, eat me, eat me, because the parasite's using it for transportation. Guess what? You think you went to 7-Eleven. <laughs> you went to the liquor store. You went to the dealer's house. You were driven there. Once it has taken you over, it's been talking as you for years. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like it? Have you ever heard, let's say you get a week free of it, and then it starts yapping, and it sounds like it's trying to convince someone, doesn't it? It's talking, you know, fuck this, you know. I hate the guys I'm staying in the room with. I went, yeah, I'm missing out on all this wonderful shit I was doing. Yeah, like getting shot at and fucking going to jail. It never is very factual. And yeah, yeah, and it runs in advertising. Yeah? Because who's it talking to? 
If it was you, we would just go to, to the dealer's house. There would be no fucking foreplay talking to the person. It would just go, we're going to the dealer's house. That happens later. But when you have some relief from it, it has to convince you to do what is probably incredibly insane for you to do over and over and over again to get loaded. In Alcoholics Anonymous, we are overmatched. This parasite has had its way with so many of us, and even after we stay isolated in a freaking, like, totally controlled environment, I spent two years in a program, two years in a very heavy program called Delancey Street in San Francisco, and I did not drink or use while I was in there. The first week I left, I got loaded. I had no defense against the first drink, because the old, where the first attack is before you drink is in the head. And the parasite was just laying dormant there, just biding its time. You know what I mean? Just biding its time. It knows it's going to have me. As soon as I get out, it runs an advertising. I buy it. I make the move. And it's sort of like, it's like, a, you know, let's say you have tendencies of jealousy. Yeah? Maybe you're, you have little tendencies of dishonesty. Now you drink and use. You're up on stalking charges in like three months. Yeah? All the self-centeredness, it's like the self-centeredness is like an acoustic guitar. You drink and use, it becomes an electric guitar. You're like, you know, a fucking solo. You know what I mean? In a God of the Vida, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? This thing is, and it has no problem. Two years, six months in a program... You know, $30,000 a month programs, $1,000 a month programs. Yes? It'll wait its time because you, when it talks up here, you call it me. We're identified with the disease. We're identified with the disease. Anytime it wants to enter any aspect of my life, it has carte blanche because when it starts entering, you call it me. Yeah? So here, being convinced that self manifested in various ways. What, what ways are there? Self-pity, tons of shit, yes? If you want to look at it, look at a dictionary. Look up the word spirit. There's only one definition. Then look up self. And then there's usually self with a hyphen and 160 fucking attributes. <laughs> and if you, weigh, if you weigh the 160 of them, about 130 are fucking really negative and 30 are somewhat good. I mean, it's a bad deal. <laughs> Literally. It's a bad deal. So he says, all right, being convinced that self is what has defeated us, 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 us. When I first came to AA, I had this real thick shell of terminal uniqueness. Unbelievable. I was sitting in there, and I thought, no one could understand me. You know, fuck, no one. No one thought like I did. No one felt like did, I did. No one did the heinous things that I did. This is how I... This, is, this was like the cocoon of alcoholism. It had me fucking wrapped up. I was just breathing its atmosphere, believing the shit unbelievably. And therefore, I cut off all possibility of help because I was, I was basically starting from no one can understand. <laughs> so I was listening to people share at these meetings after a few months and people what do they do what do we do here at an Amy we share you know our thoughts our feelings our experiences in life yeah. and so I listened for months and after a few months I could only come to two 
conclusions. How did these people get my thoughts? Because they so sure sounded like my thoughts when you were saying they were yours. And when you were saying they was yours, they sounded like mine. And when that person was saying how he felt, it sounded like the way I feel. Yeah? So either, how did you get mine, or they're not mine? And if they're not mine, they're not yours. The thoughts are, if you want to give it a, a term, alcoholic thoughts. We're calling alcoholic thoughts our thoughts. We're, to- we're calling alcoholic thoughts produced by the parasite of alcoholism as our thoughts. That means the parasite is driving the host. And if you don't believe it, look at your society. Look at our society of recovery, where I live. There's thousands and thousands of people, tons of different ethnicities and everything. And a huge swath of them usually end up in three parking places. Institution, jails, and death. They're all different. They look different. They dress different. They're different colors and everything. But a large amount of us end in the same place. Institution, jails, and death. Now, I don't believe we're all individually driving there. But when we're driven by the parasite, many of us end up there. There's not one time I ever sat in my, if I had a room, if I had a house, there was no time I ever sat with brochures of vacation places on my coffee table and one was for Delancey Street or Milestone. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of my top ten choices of places I want to be in the summer. Something drove me to the position, yeah, that Delancey Street was the only place I could fucking go. And a lot of people, who every one of them thought they were incredibly different. Every one of them felt they were incredibly different. Every one of them understood themselves incredibly differently. There was a lot of me there. There was a whole lot of me at Delancey Street. 300 people. The alcoholism gets you with that sense of being personal. You take it to be you. You can't be more identified as that. So if that's the case, it goes here. <coughs> being convinced that self manifests in various ways and what has defeated us, we will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations. Not our manifestations, its manifestations, but its manifestations manifesting through us. Yeah? The parasite's manifestations, it cannot manifest inside. It has to have an expressive vehicle, which is us. Yeah. So now, it's using us to manifest its expressions, its qualities, its nature, overriding our nature, which in AA's parlance is a spiritual condition. And it can't override the spiritual condition. What it can do is make it unavailable, seemingly. Make it like it's never even thought of. It's never even it's never even suspected. You're so totally in the parasite's sway, you have no idea. You think spirituality is something you do. When spirit is your own innate condition, it's our own innate condition. There's the same spirit is looking out of every one of these eyes right now. There's the same spirit that's hearing out of everyone's ears. The same spirit that's tasting. The same spirit that's touching. The same spirit that's smelling through all of these possibilities. 
there's one awareness, one consciousness looking out. And just in a similar way, there's one parasite riding all of us. If you can recognize it's not you, you can entertain, you can be free from it. If you don't recognize it's not you, or at least entertain it, you're going to try to be free as it, and its idea of being free as it is you being loaded. That's its idea of freedom. Freedom is, fuck this place, milestone. I'm going to go out with no money, no place to go, no no bus ticket, and I'll I'll fucking, I'll scrounge up enough money to bypass the burrito and just get something to drink. Yeah, there you go. That's how it goes, doesn't it? I used to be in this program, Delancey Street, 300 people, and there was a glass door, and you could see people cooking up a resentment, you know, about, you know, they were planning, first of all, they wanted to destroy Delancey Street, but they couldn't, so they were planning their escape, and there was a glass door, and I'd watch them, because I'd be on the floor sometimes at the same time, and suddenly they'd make the jump, and they'd walk out. And then you could watch the realization that would have served them much better if they had before. If they had it before, they went out the door. They they go out the door and they realize they have no money. The bus ended at eight. (laughs) There's no fucking place to go, and no one wants to see their ass. (laughs) You know what I mean? And if they try to come back in, they have to sit on a bench and wait maybe an hour, a half hour, fourteen hours to get interviewed again. (laughs) <laughs> this is what this does yeah this is what this does it shits in in your own nest it does we're not managerial quality if you think you are I would re- review it again I like milestone but let's you know Let's fucking, let's, you know, we don't really want to be a milestone, usually. So that, I mean, our managerial ability brought us to situations where, for me, I used, when I was managing life, I always ended up managing myself to the position where I had to be managed by others. That's what happened. It was either the police or an institution. That's what happened over and over again. I am not managerial quality. I need something greater than myself, not me, but myself, to intervene because the parasite, being about power, doesn't respect anything else other than power. Doesn't respect that you have kids. Doesn't respect your religion. It doesn't respect the fucking thing. It's the only thing it's going to respect if there's a, high, a, a, a greater power introduced to the situation. And you're in, in the condition we're in, we're not that greater power. We need to have a higher power come in, and then suddenly, when the big dog of the higher power shows up, the little dog rolls over. Without the big dog there, the little dog's the big dog. So the steps for me are away by following the steps. Because look at step three. If we were in control of our life, that would be it. Yeah? We would just, we would say, all right, make a decision. It's not even, it doesn't even say turn your will and your life over to the care of higher power. Because we're not capable of doing that. 
Our life isn't in our control. We've been taken over by alcoholism. <coughs> if we had the say, if we were the one who just could really actually take an action and surrender, it would say, all right, turn your will and your life over to the care of God. That's it. See you later. Don't jump right to 12. But it says, it knows we're occupied. Yeah? So it says, you, in the occupied state, you can make a decision, yeah, to turn your will and your life over. Now, what's going to accomplish that isn't you, but it's going to be the Spirit working through the AA way through 4 through 9. 4 through 9 is going to diminish... The, the strength of the parasite so that you can actually arrive at, at step 11, a spiritual awakening. Yeah? And what are you waking up to? Your own inherent nature. That which is looking out of everyone's of us, our eyes. We're all filled with the same spirit. Yeah? But we cannot turn this will and life over because something has it. Act of alcoholism. An act of addiction. So we need to bring in something that will intercede, yeah? At least at least stop it for a while or contain it, then do the work, the mental condition, which is the parasite's domain, will diminish and then that spiritual condition you are will start shining in your own life. You will be what you're looking for. I've seen it over and over again of 28 years of people coming in here totally, totally, totally fucked. Yeah? Just coming in, not miles, I'm into recovery, and just taking the suggestions and going under the process, and they get resurrected. Their life that they said was worthless gets recycled and becomes incredibly valuable. What is that but a higher power that's doing all that? It's always available at all times, but we're not available. We're occupied. So we need to do the steps and live a certain way so that parasite can get neutralized so that which we are can start having some say here. And this, this that which we are, the best way it expresses is by giving itself away through us. As we say in AA, you have it by giving it away. That's how, that's how you have the spirit. I bet you you've never heard any coke dealer that ever lived by that principle. <laughs> not one. Not one's going, hey, here's all my coke. You know? I feel so fucking coked out. No, no. It doesn't work that way. This is a whole different modality. It doesn't go by the mental logic. The mental logic seems so logical to us, but it's insane. It's insane. See, we want to change, we want to get out of self, but what we do with drugs and alcohol, we just change feelings. The same self is in place. Yeah? The same self that was the, you know, running you out there is actually running you in here until we go under a transformation that we can't just bring about. AAs have found a way of how to bring it about, how to tease it out, how to coax it out, out of who and what, alcoholics and addicts. So you participate here, and what we can't do on our own, we do together. 
There is a power with us. There's a, there's a loving God expressing itself in our group conscience when we get together. That's the power. How could something, how could my life take a complete turn and now I've been sober for 28 years? It's an impossible. It's an impossible event. But something made it possible. I for, I, for one, for me, I didn't come here on a bottom. I hit bottoms galore, and every time I hit a bottom, I called it home, tried to furnish it very badly, and I'd invite you over, but I always had this strong feeling, I'm going to get evicted, and I did to a lower bottom. And something finally showed the grace. I've been run over twice in one night, which is a very fucking difficult thing to do. <laughs> By the same car. <laughs> That's freaking insane. Yeah. Tons of shit has happened to me. Nothing, nothing uh, promoted or, or brought about a surrender. The, what happened to me was a regular day at the office. I, I had run into the Mount Everest of all old addicts and alcoholics, having no money but wanting to get high. That, and so therefore, you couldn't. it had to be a tandem. You'd have to convince some other fucking person to get something so that you could have some of it. It was a hard job when you start losing your charm and your looks and everything. You're not, you can't sell yourself on 7th Avenue. <laughs> but you're there so I was oh man I had been in two, three month program in city New York out in the Bronx Project Return two years in Delancey Street many jails small jail sentences all around this Bay Area tons of shit happened to me tons of time in hospitals all rooted in like we always say you know I didn't get in trouble every time I drank, but every time I every time I got in trouble, no, every time I got in trouble, I'd been drinking. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So, what happened is, for some reason, regular day at the office, I was just trying to stay loaded so I could get high, you know, on something on some drugs, and then something intervened and a download occurred. Yeah, right in a trailer park. Went right and see. There's a there's a thing. Step one. It says we admitted we were powerless over alcohol. That didn't work for me because I admitted tons of times I was powerless over alcohol to get a drink. I admitted tons of times I was an addict to get a shot. Yeah, but this thing, this download, went through that mental state and went to what it, whatever you want to call it, the innermost. And something happened, and from that day on, I have never thought or felt like getting loaded ever since. Like that, the the whole kit and caboodle was put that's in, uh, that seed of sobriety, and basically for the last twenty eight years, it's just been germinating and flowering. Basically, yeah. I don't think about going to meetings. I think about which one. Yeah, all the conditions that I'm in now are probably safely ensured by the habits that were formed the first year I was in sobriety. The first year in sobriety to me is the most important year because habits are actions without thoughts. And if the problem resides in the mind, you do not want your mind to be an arbiter about your sobriety. If the problem resides in the mind, you don't want the problem to have a vote, will you or will you not do what you need to do to stay sober. You'd much rather have that in a safer place, which is a habit. Yeah? which are thoughts without actions. You're just used to doing it, and it's working, and so you keep doing it. 
That's the beauty of the program of AA. It gives us two God rails, G-O-D rails, and it keeps us on, and it's not a straight and now, it's pretty broad, but you won't be going over the rails and taking the first turn off to the rest stop, yes? Just keep on keeping on. It's sort of like being on an operating table. Your job is just not to get up, don't play the doctor, and everything goes great. <laughs> That's been my experience. I've just been doing what I was told to do. Now I don't need to be told to do it because it's a habit. It opened me up to a lot of possibilities. More and more and more will be revealed. But first and foremost, that parasite has to be neutralized because you can be just as unhappy when you were loaded in sobriety. You can be sitting in the back, not participating, not doing service, and you might as well get fucking loaded. You know what I mean? Because I'm a true believer. I would never do anything to keep someone from their bottom. And if you want to get high, go get high. It's the best convincer of all. Yeah. Because we're all going to be done, and hopefully some of us, of us will be done before we're done. We're all going to die, but I hope you get done with the drugs and alcohol before that other done. Because if you do, you can have a chance for another life. Yeah. But we're all going to be done. But we need to be done with this shit, and then we can live for quite a while, possibly. Yes? At least happily, joyously, and free. So what happened with me? I just entertained it. You know, to me, four through nine is the way that breakdown of the mental state occurs. And then step ten, yes, we do, uh, we just keep looking at the same stuff that could, when it starts encroaching again, do some simple inventories. Step eleven is using ways to keep that contact of the spirit in place. Self 12, step 12 is the agenda of AA. <coughs> Having had a spiritual awakening, yeah, we're going to uh, help other people achieve sobriety and practice these principles of all affairs. That's the agenda. And I bet you it will, it, you'll be able to stay sober a day at a time. And not only that, you'll be happy about it. You'll have some contentment. Because right now, most of us, the baseline is irritability, restless, and discontent. If you go on to this transformation, the baseline will switch into an ease and comfort. You'll feel content. You'll have some satisfaction. And it won't cost you $500. So for me, what was revealed when I started to get stabilized relief was why I wasn't having relief. And humbly, I believe that what is occurring is the parasite has reached such a prominence because we're identified as a self. We don't have a self that's manifesting through us. It's manifesting through us because we're identified as a self. Everything that it does, it says it right here. If, If you're into Bill W., this is what he's saying. He says, self is what has defeated us. We'll look at some of his common manifestations. The first one is resentment. Yeah? So basically saying, any resentment isn't yours. It's an expression or a manifestation of self through you. All the fears aren't yours. I mean, more of the anxieties, let's say. They're a manifestation of self through you. Yeah? All the harming other people in the pursuit of what you want. They're not, you, have to, you have to pay the piper, but what drove you there right, was self. Your behavior will change dramatically when the self gets diminished. When I needed to be highly observant, I wasn't out there. 
Now I'm like a free-range alcoholic. I don't have to... I'm not burning any houses down. When I say I'm going home, I'm going home. I go to bed. I'm amazed. I say, I'm talking to someone. I go, hey, good night. I'm taking off. They go, yeah, I'm going home too. Then I, they get a call from the police station, nine in the morning. He went out to Richmond. Got I had a good night's sleep. You know what I mean? It surprises me, really. I say, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. That was pretty dicey. He almost didn't make it. <laughs> and I'd match my fucking stories and any of your stories. Fucking, I've done everything you fucking did and more, probably. <laughs> You're not missing out on anything. All it is going to be repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, 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 rinse. <laughs> You're not doing anything fucking new. You call it some new drug, but it's, we do it the same old way. Ingesting, snorting, shooting, <laughs> sticking up the rectum. <laughs> You're not going to find a new methodology that's going to make it different than it is. We're fucking been taken over by something. If you stop calling it you, you have a possibility of being free from it. If you keep calling it, you're going to try to be free as it, and it won't be free no matter where it goes. It's like a snake. I don't care. There's an old story about this lady finds a snake and it's in bad shape and it sa- she saves it and brings it home, puts it in a shoebox, gets a little short comforter, gets a little eye drop and gives it food, <laughs> nurses it back to health. Then it's, she's walking around with it and the snake bites her. And she's like, surprised. She goes, Mr. Snake, why did you bite me? And he goes, hey, I'm a snake. A parasite is a parasite is a parasite. It's not going to become a domesticated pet. <laughs> it's not going to do politics. It's doing politics with you. It's not going to do politics for you. <laughs> it doesn't see it as the lesser in this deal. It sees, sees it as the greater. It looks at you as food. <laughs> it looks at you. It's looking at us as transportation. That's what it's looking at us. And you can see it in the eyes. Why do you recognize other alcoholics or addicts so easily? They've been taken over by the same fucking thing. That's, I don't identify with who you are. I identify with what took you over because the same thing took me over. So when you talk about living under its tyranny, I can identify because I lived under its tyranny. And it's the same czar. It's the same tyrant. Yeah, it pretty much shows the basic similar effects on all the different hosts. Yeah, there's not a huge catalog. It does basically. It has a couple of tendencies, a couple of traits, and it just plays it through the same thing. Some of us go to institutions and jails and death. Other, 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 other us just stay at home and live an isolated, drunk life. I saw it happen to a very powerful woman, my mother. When I was young, my mother was an alcoholic. It sort of came upon her when my father passed away when I was young. And it, my mother used to take us, she'd work and she'd come home and we'd come after school and at five she'd get us all in the car and we'd drive us to the beach and we'd, have a, we'd just run around and watch the sunset. You know, it was fucking awesome. Around, near around ten years, eight years of alcoholism, she never left the couch. She fell, fell asleep, drank Schaefer, beer, I think they still have it, right? Beer? She'd drink Schaefer and she'd just fall asleep and she'd have the TV on so low you couldn't hear it. And if I came home and I walked up to try to put the volume up, she'd wake right up and say, what about the neighbors? 
I said, fucking, the neighbors couldn't hear this at all. I can't even hear it. And I'm like, I've 17 year old ears. Yeah? <laughs> That's how she lived. What happened to her? She had tendencies, she had traits, she had qualities. They were overridden completely. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. But the takeover is going to complete itself. And that's what I saw. It was incredibly demoralizing. Did it warn me of anything? Did I learn anything? No. But I saw a transformation. In this case, it was a slow transformation. She didn't get arrested. She didn't lose her job. She just lost her fucking soul. So every night, alcohol, you know, for years, years. So... There is a solution. You know, we're all overmatched. And the one thing we can do is hopefully admit our limitations. I cannot fucking pull it off. I can't. A day... It's not the drinking and the drugs. It's being sober. That's the scary fucking thing. I couldn't take a day of being sober. It was way too much for me. I had to do something. But what I needed to do wasn't what I did. What I did fed the thing I needed to get relief from. It fed the disease. Every drink I took, the the disease got stronger. Every drug I did, to after a point, all the qualities I had when I was a kid were gone. You recognize me if you did the same drugs you did, I did, you'd recognize me. That's how it came. So here, simply, what happened with me is when I saw and I started to entertain that the thoughts that are being heard in this head weren't mine, the way I framed them was they were alcoholic. I started to get a little space between me and the thoughts, yeah? So now, the thoughts would tell me to turn left 80 times, now I would only do it 74 times, where before I did it 80 times, yeah? And then I entertained a little more, and then the volume seemed to go down, and I was noticing I was going straight while it was telling me to go left and right, yes? And I started to feel a lot better, and I got a little more immunity to it. I realized all the thoughts are about me, yesterday and tomorrow, and really, the only thing I have is right now, and which is basically the whole basis of the day at a time. Yeah? Because why do we use the day at a time in AA? Because being taken over by this mental parasite, we've been displaced into yesterday and tomorrow. Like, if you are here now and you're bummed out, it's usually not based on tonight. It's based on earlier or yesterday or tomorrow, isn't it? Your whole head is constantly taking your attention and interest and taking it from this moment, and this is the only moment you can sense the presence of that power, because the presence of that power is present. It's not in time, it's not in the past and the future. When you go into the past and the future, you, go, you don't even go alone, you go with the parasite. That's where you go. And then it gives us all the reasons to piss on the present. It tells us all the motherfuckers that fucked us up, all the people that did this and did that, and therefore you cook yourself into walking out of the door of the place you need to be most. This is when I go to see, I go to places and I talk to them, and they're in a 28-day program. I go, what's the most important day of the 28-day program? The 29th day. 
the 29th day, what's your bridge? Are you going to walk out of that program and then just go on your own little merry way? Fucking that parasite will have you in about an hour. <laughs> it had me after two years and took them about three days. <laughs> two years. <laughs> we don't know what we're dealing with, man. This thing is a motherfucker. <laughs> How many people do you know who had the greatest hearts, great smile, really good-hearted, well-intentioned, and they're dead? Yeah. I, don't, I can't match my qualities with its qualities. It's going to override my qualities with its qualities. I'm going to look like a ravenous rat after a few years, and that's how I ended up. You don't believe it? Remember, if you ever did coke, you know, and you'd go out, you looked pretty good, you thought, you know, black jeans, nice little suit jacket, little stick-up hair, had it going on, maybe had a vial or a pot, you know, a little bindle somewhere, go out, thinking, yeah, you know. And you'd be surprised, people would always say yes to your, ask, you know, questions, hey, you want to go home with me? Yes. You'd be like, oh, this is great. Drinking this and that. Then you're on a run for six or seven days, and maybe you end up in an apartment, and everyone's there shooting coke, and everyone has their little place, and then you start running out of the coke, yeah? And then you start looking around, and then you look at the floor, the rug, and you see, like, a, a coke mine there. <laughs> and, and you figure, you look at everybody, you just say, you just say, oh, well, wait a minute, drop them. And then you start foraging, and then another parasitical takeover character sees that little herd animal looking for it. And then it gets down, and now you have your own little farm. Don't go on. This is my area. And you look, and if it, if it even could possibly at one time be any... If it, if it, even if it, what it was started with the letter Z, C, it would be, all right, lint, everything, and you try to get high on it. You don't think that's a fucking animal? You don't think something's riding you to that point? It's not fu- it isn't funny, though. It isn't really, because you're trying to think you're looking cool. That's fucking pathetic. I shot, one time I shot opium. Yeah, I was shooting opium. We went and got it, my friend and I. Got back, shot the opium, and we're like trying to coax ourselves and thinking like we're feeling it, you know. Are you feeling it yet? I think it's coming on, yeah. And we're doing this, you know, we're doing, yeah, isn't it? Wait, it's going to come any minute. And then the girlfriend came in and said, hey, man, it smells like incense in here. And then what? So we realized we shot up incense. And what did we do? We shot some more. Just with the fucking hope. There was something in there. That's a, a, you're surprised? Look at it. It's just a yet for you. That's where you're going to end up. Some level. I wasn't the only one there. The other guy was doing the same thing. You probably would have shot it up three times if there wasn't any more left. <laughs> what would drive you to go to that length? What would tra- drive you to go to that length? You? No fucking way. Something takes us. Something has us. Right now it's dormant, or maybe we're doing enough that's keeping it at bay. But as they say, you're never not going to be an alcoholic or an addict. 
The potentiality is always going to be there. It's sort of like having a big dog in your house, and now it's asleep, which is great, yes? But you shouldn't be teasing it with a fucking little fake bone, or you know what I mean, like this, because if that big dog wakes up, it's, you're going to have to walk it. It's going to start shitting all over the house. It's going to bite you and anyone who comes around you. That big dog is going to run your fucking life. If you're sober now, it's asleep. Do what you need to do with data time to allow it to stay asleep. You don't want to wake up the beast. I had my girl, my first fairy princess in AA. 21 years, yeah. My first girl, loved her. I mean, I was starting to feel and thaw out, man. It was great. But we were both in, we both were incapable of having a viable relationship with another human being. But we gave it a good shot, you know. So we both stay sober, and she sponsored a lot of people. Actually, wrote a couple of books, and always was very bright, doing a lot of service. And after 21 years, she decided to have a drink. She didn't decide. Something had been talking to her and convinced her. That's why, it, see, the, the surrender of alcohols in alcoholism and in drug addiction is fuck it. The thought system will try to bring you to the point where you'll say, you'll agree with fuck it, and then it'll say, well, let's just get high. Yeah? Let's just sleep with our best friend's wife or something. Yes? It's a take, it may take a while, it may take just a sudden thought, but it's a workout. It works you, yeah? I saw my sister and brother killed themselves, my older sister and older brother. And I watched some of it, not this, when they killed, but I watched what happened. My sister turned into an alcoholic in her 30s. She had been married to a very rich guy, and she was married, and she drank a lot of blackberry brandy, which got a lot of sugar in it. She'd hide it in the toilet, that whole thing. And she got, went out of control, and she got divorced, the kids started alienating, didn't want to be around her. She, she lost all the money and everything, and she went down really fast. And in New York State, you can't intervene on somebody. They have to sign, they have to agree to go into the place, because my family tried to get her in, and she wouldn't sign, and then she took pills and overdose. Yeah? Now, that didn't happen overnight. Her head was working on her for quite a while. And then my brother fell off of his roof painting, and smashed both his ankles to such a degree you had to have a lot of operations. And he wasn't an alcoholic, but he got addicted to codeine from that, had a bitch of a time with that. And then I went to visit him when I was in Delancey Street. They gave me a home visit, and I went to see my brother, and he was talking to me, and he was basically telling me that if this next operation didn't work, he was going to kill himself. Because he started to believe that he was a burden on his wife and his child. Yeah? It worked on him for years. He was convinced. He went to the hospital. They, it had degenerated so badly they wouldn't even do the operation. He went home, had left the note, and blew his brains out. Yeah? This is what can happen if you're listening to that fucking thing. And especially if you call it you. Because if you call it you, you're going to be listening to it. If you don't call it you, you'll hear it, which is much different. You'll hear the thoughts, but they will not direct your life. You'll be directed. See, if we're not managerial quality, what works for me is I'm much better being led than leading. Yeah? I am much better being directed than directing. And I don't mean by other people. I went through that. By a power greater than us. Yes? That power that's greater than self. I, my life works so much better being led. So when my head's going, turn right, turn left, I never go. 
Yeah. It keeps saying it. It keeps offering that possibility, but I don't buy it. I have an immunity to it. What produced that immunity when no human power could get me sober? No human power could get me sober. My mother wanted me to stop. My friends wanted me to stop. The state wanted me to stop. Nothing could stop me until, this, until that sobriety was struck. Something occurred, put an end to it. That was a huge demonstration. I have faith in that. Yeah? I surrender to the point where now I'm surrendered. You know what I mean? I don't believe in the idea of surrender where it is you have it, then you get, take it back, and then you ha- surrender, then you take it back. That's not surrender. Surrender is a sober assessment that you're not managerial quality. Yeah? And in that assessment, there's a surrender, and then that stabilizes and you're surrendered. You live a life based on that principle, and it works. And I think we're, I think it works with for many of us because the parasitical movement is in the second part of the first step. Yeah, our life is become unmanageable because we're trying to manage it. That's what it is. The ma- unmanageability is caused by us trying to manage life. If you accept that you're powerless, you'll never experience powerlessness. You'll experience power. If you don't accept powerlessness, you're going to experience fucking powerlessness. You're going to be frustrated. People aren't going to do what you want. Your thoughts aren't going to behave. Your feelings aren't going to always be the ones you want. Yes? There's a solution. I hope you guys entertain it. If you need a program... Recognize your limitation. If you can't, listen to someone who you respect. And if they say, bro, I think you need to go into something, maybe you should follow it a little bit. Yeah? I worked, I used to do an H&I with this, you know H&I, as you call them like that? I did an H&I with this woman. And she had been in every program on this property. It was a Salvation Army place, right? Called Harbor Lights in San Francisco. And every month, every Thursday for 11 years, we went in, gave a talk, and she was like, you know, the... uh, what the, the banner girl for the whole place. She was a success. She'd been sober 11 years and this and that. Yes? And every week, everything. And she always used to start a thing with. She had gone there a year earlier before she went and she said she didn't want to go in because she didn't want to lose her apartment, her job, and her girlfriend. And the counselor had said, well, if you don't come in, you're going to lose your house. And then she did and came back in. And she ended up going back out and, and being found dead of an alcoholic coma. See, it's funny. This is a group that if you leave, you may die. A lot of other groups, you just find another group. That doesn't happen with us. <laughs> a lot of people who leave this group die. I could go deep, but it's not a point. This isn't the appropriate thing. I could talk about you're not the thinker and this and that, but it doesn't matter. If you're fucked, you better realize it. You know? And open up to some suggestions. And see if the suggestions work better than your own suggestions, because they're not your own suggestions, first of all. They're the parasite suggestions. Just wait and see which one works better. You may have to begrudgingly admit you feel better because you haven't used in 30 days. Yeah? Well, how maybe you feel better after 60 days? How about 
the 31st day, go for it. Make a decision to turn your willing life over and ask that power to complete the mission. Yeah. You wouldn't be, you don't realize what a monkey on our backs we're living with. Man, you don't know it until it's removed. You don't know its weight and its fucking size until it's removed. If, if it was removed, you'd realize how fucking big that monkey is. I've had, it's been removed from me. I know the problem is self. I know it in my bones that the problem is self because the, I was having no relief other than the relief you buy, yeah, when I was preoccupied by that self. Now I have no desire to seek relief because I'm relieved inherently. As the, first, as the basic state, I'm content. So if this situation occurs, all you have to do is maintain it. How? By a way of life. What does the way of life demand of you? Not much. How hard is it to sit in a seat for an hour? How hard is it to listen to other people share? How hard is it to raise your hand and say, uh, welcome to the newcomers? How hard is it? Is it harder than waiting at 5.58 in front of the store <laughs> with like 78 cents so you can buy a pint of something they call wine? <laughs> is it harder than that, really? We already went to at great lengths. The, the lengths AA ask you may be no length at all. We've already gone to any lengths out there. We've already surrendered. Oh, I don't, I don't want to surrender. You surrendered fucking every day. Its command was your order. Oh, I don't feel comfortable now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. I just... Um, <laughs> it's like, this is an opportunity to grow up in a safe environment. We don't want to, but this will help us. And then you'll, you'll have an experience. Page 62 and 63 is awesome. It describes... I love this book because everything it talks about the problem I've intimately experienced and all the ex expressions of the solution I've experienced. It's the most... It's, this is the most comprehensive book in my life that describes me to a T and it describes the relief that that me can have. So here it goes. It goes, when we sincerely took such a position, the position is the third step, yes? All sorts of remarkable things followed. And I bet you if we had a microphone here and we asked people to start sharing about the remarkable things that are followed after the third step, we would be here for a week. Yeah? We had a new employer being all-powerful. See, this is it. It's not we have a new employer being all-powerful. The parasite is a lesser power. This we're talking about is a greater power. We had a new employer being all-powerful. He provided what we needed. If, this is the two requirements. If we kept close to him, and let's say if God is everywhere, well, you can't be far from it, eh? <laughs> so you've already fulfilled that requirement right now. And performed his work well. 
service, you know, being available to another suffering alcoholic, being available to life. That's a being of service. So that's only one requirement. Yeah. And then this thing's going to be all, it's all powerful. He's going to provide what you need. Established on such a footing. In other words, the surrender stabilizes. Yeah? You feel that power come through. When you say you're going to do something, you have confidence you're actually going to do it. You're going to keep the commitments. Not just take them, but you're going to, you know, because everyone can take commitments, but you'll keep the commitment. You'll start showing up. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. It doesn't say you'll be less interested in what you are. Ourselves, the self, will be less interested in the parasite. And if you're less interested in the parasite, more interest is going to be about what you really are. This is great. Established on such a footing, we become less and less interested in ourselves. Now, this is a great choice of word. Our little plans and designs. Because, of course, when they're ours, we think they're all big, eh? <laughs> Our little plans and designs. More and more, we become, became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in. Yeah. I mean, it's a tactile experience. When you're filled with spirit, it's tactile. You sense it. It has a presence. Yeah? You feel on, and you feel big, and you feel bright. And I tell you something. That's where the contentment is. is in your own nature. Yeah. We became less and less interested in ourselves, our little plans designed. More and more, we became interested in seeing what we could contribute to life. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind. Now, the problem is enjoyed. We have peace of mind. It's available. But some of us, we can't enjoy it because we're occupied. The peace of mind isn't a place and it isn't infrequent. It's available. More and more we become interested in seeing what we could contribute. As we felt new power flow in, as we enjoyed peace of mind, as we discovered we could face life successfully. This is where I learned. I tell you, I always tell this story. The first year I went to my, the year, first year or so I went to an AA dance, which was the last AA dance I ever went to. <laughs> but it was the first dance. Feeling incredibly uncomfortable in Orchid and totally obsessed with self. I must have drank about eight Calistoga waters, you know, as a replacement for beer. You know, just have something to do. And so I was in the men's side over here. And there were some women over that side. And there was a disco ball and a big dance floor, and no one was moving. The music was on. We were all frozen in position. They were all just milling around, waiting for something. So suddenly the men had a little powwow. They go, listen, Paul, you're the scout. We're sending you, we're sending you into no man's land. Go ask that girl for a dance. I said, ah, all right. So I'm super afraid of being rejected, but I, you know, I'm, in, I'm in AA. I'm going to take a chance. Yeah. 
I'm going to be a little vulnerable. So I start walking across, you know, the minefield. I get there, and I like this girl from afar, and I ask her to dance, and she says no. <laughs> now, this would have killed me before. So I turn around, and now... Now the minefield looks like a mine, and the disco ball is like a spotlight on me. I'm, and, I'm, and it's like dead man walking. I'm walking very slowly. I'm feeling like everyone's thinking about me. Oh, he's a loser. <laughs> but I make it back to the side, and I realize it didn't kill me. I, I learned how to face life successfully. And then I started asking babes out for da- and dates, and someone would, some said yes, and things like that. So this is what happens. Hey, hey, I mean, if you can't take a chance with a bunch of assholes like us, I don't know where else you're going to do it. <laughs> you know, really. This is like a safe place. <laughs> you know? Become a secretary. You know? There's a statement in the A says you have to have it and give it away, but I believe if you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. You know, that's what happened with me. First, I used to lead a fourth step workshop. Someone asked me to do it, I did it. And then I, nev- I, didn't, I didn't stop doing it for 19 years. Before, I would never have said yes. Never. But see, I don't know about you, but I do a lot better when I'm identified with something bigger than myself. AA brings out the best in me. I wouldn't fucking help you, basically, if I wasn't in AA. AA's brought out the best of me in this life, really. So, he goes on, because, see, this is just the beginning, right? And he goes, as we became conscious of his presence, that's it. That means your being conscious of the parasite's presence has gotten weakened, and now you become conscious of the presence that's there. Yes? The presence that is always present, you become conscious of. Instead of being conscious of the presence the, at, the parasite produces, which is yesterday and tomorrow. That's not presence. That's, a, that's an interpretation of life, not living it. Now you're conscious of the presence, the presence of that spirit. Yeah? You're awake. All right, so it goes here. We began to lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or the hereafter. We were reborn. That's before step three. That's the possibilities that are available. If you can allow a new management team to take over and see how it goes, I bet you you'll have returns that are very similar to what he's talking about right here. Many of us, all seemingly different people, have experienced the same thing. This power flowing through, the sense of a conscious presence, realizing we could face life successfully. Thousands and thousands of us through the AA world have learned these things and have felt these things, have experienced these things. These are the basic reactions when you are relieved from the bondage of self. This is what happens to us. It doesn't, it's not ordained because you're Sue or Mary. Yeah? It's just a day because you're less of a fucking alcoholic than you were the day before. Yeah. So if you have... Well, whatever. <laughs> I don't feel like getting metaphysical tonight. You know, because we need to have some kind of guardrails on the consequential level. We keep running into ourselves. 
we need to have some kind of direction that will allow us to continue without so many fucking drastic interruptions, like arrests, fucking other things, yeah? So maybe, just maybe, if you had enough time and your life wasn't like a fucking earth-shattering thing every day, it could actually blossom and fucking grow some good, good roots and you would be fucking stable in the understanding, yes? You would be a free-range alcoholic. You wouldn't be worried about getting loaded anymore. You'd be free from it. Do you think that some of us are sitting here just dying to go back out? After a while, you see it as totally ludicrous. I mean, it's not attractive to me at all. When people come in here and say, oh, I'd much rather be drinking, fucking go out and drink. That's what you want. Do everything you want, and it'll probably end up right where you've been ending up. Fucking do everything you want, because it's not you wanting it. It's the fucking parasite wants it, and it has been captured. AA has described it. It's, re- it's detailed its, its appearances and its manifestations, and it's offered you a solution a day at a time. That can go 30, 40, 50 years. It can go two days a month, six months. Days can be added as you go on. Maybe, just maybe, we have a bigger role in this place, and it's not all about us. Maybe we can be used here to be helpful to others that suffer from the same fucking plight we've suffered. The only alcoholic, the only person alcoholic is going to listen to is another alcoholic. If you haven't been taken over the parasite, we don't really much respect you when you start talking about it. We don't. This whole place, we don't, this isn't patient doctor, it's patient patient. Patient helping patient being over, overridden by the divine power. So I have to hear the message, you need to carry it, I need to carry it, you need to hear it. It's very symbiotic. This is how it's kept alive. This is how the blood keeps circulating. Anyone can run a perfect program out of their living room. You gotta go out. Be available. What happens if you don't go to meetings? You'll start taking yourself very unique. You'll forget the way you think is dangerous. Because you're not listening to other people sharing of what it's like. And I'll tell you, a lot of the times people share, I don't want what they have, I don't want what they have. <laughs> because it's the problem talking about the problem. I'm just like fucking hallelujah. I'm resting in the solution. And I need that reminder. Because I may think I'm resting in me. I need to come out here and keep it live, keep it fresh, so I'm reminded of what I've been given and what could easily be taken away. So everyone, the most fucked up person is doing a great service for the people who are sober because they can see exactly what they don't want. They can see it. I don't want to sit on a bench at Delancey Street again, especially when I'm 60 years old. I don't want to be copping coke when I'm 60 years old. I need a nurse to shoot me up. I should be in a hospital bed. I should be fucking around on the streets. She wasn't saying thing. 
I can't enter the, my 30th Salvation Army residence. <laughs> nothing, there's nothing wrong with it, but I don't want to be institutionalized. And I will be if I'm getting loaded. You know when you used to get loaded, and if you got loaded at 12 o'clock, and you're going to have to be in public, you knew you were going to be arrested by 6. Weren't you really? If I got high too early and I was outside, I knew I was fucked. They're going to find me. Because when I, the alcoholic of my type, as soon as I drank, I realized I had magnetic to appeal to people in uniform. As soon as I drank, <laughs> I attracted consequences. And I bet you that little tendency isn't gone. If I drank, I bet I'd probably be the oldest guy that got arrested that night. For copying drugs. <laughs> they call me Gramps. They bring me in. So I'll, give him a, I'll give him a soft a mattress. Oh, Gramps, you're up. You're up. You're, you're at it again. Fuck, I'm Gramps. I still think I'm 18 years old. <laughs> it would be a really, really sorry state. You know what I mean? Having to wear long sleeves because I'm shooting coke <laughs> on a hot day in New Jersey. 60 years old? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I don't know. I tell you, I hope you do something. Yeah, I hope you surrender tonight, really. I hope you, I really wish you to just ask a power greater than you to assist you in staying sober the rest of the night. And maybe ask how I can be of help to other people. So you can come out of that ass of self, yeah? Because if not, you're going to have to find a divine proctologist to pull you out of it. And then you'll run right back up there, because that's the habit. If you come back tomorrow, we'll definitely get more spiritual. <laughs> I just don't see it as appropriate. Right because we're, we need some help, right? just on the day-to-day living. We need to see, hey, maybe I can stay a little bit out of my way. Yeah? Maybe I can not be, for the next few hours, the major impediment of my own life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I won't, can I possibly not sabotage one Friday in the month of June? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, something that starts small. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if not, you know, our success rate ain't that good. You know, most people don't get to, a lot of people get sober, they don't stay sober. The problem is staying sober. It's not getting sober. Getting sober is easy. You can get sober every day. Staying sober. And what, you know, if you don't give it some traction, it's like a big plane can't land on a small tarmac. Yeah? You gotta, life isn't gonna give you a lot of, a lot of gifts if there's not, no way you can receive it or even open it. That would be more torture. Yeah? So, thank you. That's it. And we have shirts. My spring collection of shirts are out. In case anybody was wondering, it's not a seven tradition basket. It's to help us um, cover the expenses for Paul and 
Yeah, I fly first class. Yeah. <laughs> I drink. I drink a lot of near beer on the plane. Twenty dollars. And the book? Fifteen dollars. The book is. Oh no, that's Escape from Everywhere. Yeah. I don't think so. Traveling later? Oh, that's a DVD. That's like a documentary. The book is. It's not a linear book. It's just. Uh, Escape from Everywhere? I don't know. It's the guy who put it, put it together does. I had very little to do with it. They just took some. He just. He just. He transcribed some talks, old talks I used to do, and put it out in the book. I edited it twice. Yeah, they don't want to leave the basket next to you. It's entertaining happening because it's impossible. God can't split from God. No, that's so, so 
that's where the inherent guilt is, is that we believe we did something to make this. Well, it feels real to us because we're looking at it from this as blending into reality. Time is a construct of the dream. Hey, thank you. I don't know if you want to go. Well, we're good. Yeah, it's really good. I actually called you to make you so famous. I did. I remember that. Yeah, I did. Well, listen, you know, one time, if you come tomorrow early or something, we'll riff on the book. Of course, we are. Well, if you come back, if you come here, you have my number, right? Maybe we'll meet here early and I'll do a little course in here for them. I'm very clear about my job. I don't know if it's only appropriate to riff in this boss, but I like to riff. Yeah, I was riffing in a confined space. I like more outskirts. Whatever. But of course, I'll go over it. There's some parts I really want to get into. Can you like six or something? No, just call me and we'll see. Like six dirty. Okay, Thank you. 
a silly way they can think. They have to have a body to think about. There's never thinking. Thinking about. The image is in your head. That sounds good. I see two rows, rows for alcohol. Okay, 
Are you coming here tomorrow night? And then Sunday, Right, Sunday we're going to be tomorrow. Yeah, like I said, if you have to go home before you come here on
Yeah, that's the strange thing. I mean, absolutely, you know, I, I got some glass on my leg, so I was like, exactly. what I want to be And then I sort of, no. uh, my wrist uh, no, was no. a little sore for a couple of days, and I was like, or whatever. But, you know, totally, you know, they say things slow down, totally everything slowed down. But it was, I was actually, I remember at the point where my car hit the side, where now, you know, I mean, I didn't look to my left at all, but I looked to my right, and I noticed the rear tires of the truck. And, you know, I just was like, you know, I wonder when that's going to finally run me over, you know, because I was like, oh and then, you know, like, I, I hit the side and slowly just moved away from the truck, and, you know, it couldn't have happened. I was not so grateful in advance. Like your response to it? Right? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I knew I was going to hit, and I just hit this guy, and I flew to the side, and I was running along the barbell, and I was like, <laughs> I was not like, no, no, no. Well, one other time I spun out, and there were no other cars, and there wasn't any accident. And I remember it was, um, it was like uh, late 1990s, and it was one of the hurricanes. And I was driving. And uh, I spun out on the turnpike, and I spun I think twice. And I just remember I don't remember any no emotion or anything like that. And I just remember saying out loud, "Whoa!" <laughs> that, was the, that was the whole experience. I don't know why I remember that. But it was just like, "Whoa!" You know, it was just like, and then you know, I, I you know, I was in the left lane. I went flying across the highway. Nobody was around. I went I went over the shoulder. I went down like some grass, and then I went into like uh, there weren't any trees. It was just all bushes. So it was like landing on a pillow. And you know, I, I it was a five speed, so. I just went in, and then the engine fell yes. off because it was in gear. Right, you know. And uh, uh, I just backed up, and then got back on the highway and kept, kept going. And a car came out, and it was like, you know, are you okay? And I just saw that. So I was just like, what the hell? And then I remember, you know, I just, matter of fact, I called my girlfriend and said, oh, you're not going to believe what happened yet. So then, you know, I get to the early morning. Right, I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, no poles, no trees, no nothing. And then uh, um, I got to. Uh, Philly, and, uh, you know, I just parked and went inside, went to sleep, got up the next morning, and, like, everything on the right side of my car, every single crack had, like, pieces of bushes sticking out of it, like, you know, branches, and, you know what I mean? It was, like, really weird. I had to keep pulling all this stuff out, because it went into a, you know, pretty, you know, hard into a bush. So, obviously, you know, everything is going to have Right, right, exactly. Right, right. It was, it was like landing on a pillow, literally. I mean, there weren't any trees, no small trees, no nothing. It was just bushes. So, and it's funny, because, um, you know, I used to go down the Philly, and I was seeing somebody, so I used to go down there two times a week. And I wanted to take a picture of, like, where my car was. I never found it. And I know basically where it was. You know? It was just after the turnpike merges from, you know, you have a truck side and a car side, and then there's a rest stop and then it merges into, now it's, it was just after that. I never found where my car went in. So that was the weird thing. But I have to say, what do you do? How do I get back? Yeah, once again, I was totally taking care of it. Somehow, somehow. So I guess I have to cure cancer now or something because I, I can't even kill myself. That's my nature. That's my nature. I am. Not that you're trying to do it. I just got it to all this wood in Hawaii. Yeah. Stone. Where in Hawaii? The big island, uh, Kailua, Kona. 
I haven't been there, but I have a friend that lives in Maui. We're going to visit sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twice a year, uh, yeah, my work takes me to Hawaii. I'm going to and I want to hang out. The messed up thing, though, is that I came back from, you know, I was there for nine days. I worked for, like, three or four. I go for nine. And then when I came back, I found my cat, like, collapsed on the floor, and then I put it down. And so, taking uh, it from there. Pure pillow right. I have like, you know, I'm almost like afraid to go to that island now. Because the year before, I broke up with a 11 year relationship. And then the second, you know, like two years ago, then last year, or uh, this year, you know, I mean, like, I'm almost like afraid to go there now. Like, it's like, no, like, I, I, I won't be happy at that place for like a while. Because it's just a, it's just a totally yeah. lame game for me. Yeah. Well, so that what you're doing though? It's like, you know, it's paradise. Like, it out or well, I have to go because I work. Yeah. 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 It'll be a good experience yeah. next time. That's hard for me to believe. I'm going to be honest with you. I know myself pretty well. As a matter of fact, this time when I was there, I told myself. That's the part that that really killed me. Is that the whole time I was there, I didn't enjoy myself, and I kept thinking I should just go home. I should just go home. And maybe if I had gone home, I would have gotten there and would have been able to do something. So that is is especially destroying me. Right? Exactly. I believe it was. I have so many things. She was saying she was like, someone's going to take care of her. I'm tired of fighting this fight. And you know, uh, it's very possible that, you know, even if I was home or something, that it might have happened. Diabetes causes complications with other things, so maybe that's just what was going on. But I know. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I know. Honestly, I just want to put too much food in the fridge. Yeah. That was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's definitely the hard. You know, like you go to the airlines, and they're like asking you to sign to necessitate forms and stuff. I'm just like, are you? Oh, and you know I mean, like, how does somebody do this stuff? Like, I would love you know to. Know what I mean? Like, I would because I'm on here. I was, I was absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. Why would I not be able to? Right. But what was really was amazing? Very uh, amazing. Uh, she told me a text. Lila, Lila was a that word means? No. It's an Indian word for the play of God in life. Yeah. And but you know, why would why would well, if you put your head like right next to the side of her neck, you could hear her crying. Okay. You could not hear her crying. Yeah. Um, and, so, and how would you ever do that? Yeah, yeah. but you couldn't hear it. She was sort of excited. Well, see, I was just and, going um, with the I'll feel guilty thing, so but, I'm, I'm at you know, I'll hell with it. it. You know, so they said, uh, you know, listen, we're going to take her out. And, you know, well, I, I told, I told Meredith that Whatever, Meredith's all so well, we'll manage, but it's easier to know beforehand, and I'm like, well, I don't know, we'll see what I said, I'll tell her, 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 I'll tell there were some complications that hadn't identified itself yet. Oh, boy, Dennis would probably be glad. 
Psychically connected and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. I can pick up on how we're feeling and stuff, too. And then, you know, just how amazingly sad I was, and you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think they, they kind of knew. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she had been there for about a day, and, you know, she was, you know, poked and prodded, I'm sure, you know, and I'm not around at all. And then, you know, hey. I, don't know. I think maybe she knew. She was just so mellow, though. Just so mellow. Mm-hmm. At peace, sounds like. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it made it a little bit easier, that's for sure. Do you like this live together? Yeah. <coughs> Down, well, I was in Oakhurst, like, kind of near Neptune, where you came and did that for the big book meeting. Oh, I forgot. You said you saw that. Yeah. Um... But now I'm in English town, but in Oxford House still. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still live in Spotswood. Oh, okay. That's right by there. It's really strange because, I mean, Spotswood's really nowhere near uh, where the racetrack is. But if the wind was blowing the right way and they had the jet engines, you could actually hear it all the way in Spotswood. Wow. It was so loud. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, like I'm crazy. right down the street from that place. <coughs> yeah, we used to go to the flea market all the time and... Yeah. It's like the biggest flea market of all time. Oh my god, we went there once, we were like, whoa, it's huge. Yeah, it's like a weekend flea market, you know what I mean? It's like there's a, yeah, there's not much going on except for that, and <laughs> there's like a bunch of cars that just come out of nowhere. Different I was towns. wondering, because, uh, I don't know if this is in, in, inappropriate, but I sometimes watch you guys, and it's just cool seeing like a mother daughter the way you guys are together. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't really see that a lot. <laughs> Usually there's, uh, usually there's this, uh, Oh, there it is. Don't worry. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, it wouldn't be healthy if it wasn't, but I'm just saying that, you know what I mean? Like, there's a softness with the way you guys are together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very friendly. I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Good <laughs> moments, right? Yeah. And it's definitely different between, like, my brothers and oh, yeah. her. We are definitely closer. That's a whole different ball game. <laughs> What was that, a graduation picture or something? 
My youngest, uh, that's his, that was his prom. That yeah, he's graduating next Friday. Yeah. Wow. He's cool. I have nine nieces and nephews, so my, I think there's so many, so many different things. It's like I don't even remember all of them or which one was which at this point, but yeah. We have a pretty small family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have three older brothers, and, you know, everybody has kids. And it's really strange, because, like, my mother's brother had three sons. My mother had four sons. Wow. My oldest brother had three daughters. My next oldest brother had four sons. And my brother that's closest to me in age had two daughters. So nobody ever intermingled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so... Uh, but then now, you know, my nieces and nephews, a couple of them had kids, and they intermingled, so it was, it's restored to reality or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> it's really strange. It's really strange, you know. There was a very prominent uh, 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 sex decision for each one. You know, so <laughs> all men or all women, so strange. Whatever, whoever designates that, they were strong in that. Mm-hmm. You know. Right, that's good. Although um, my mom had two kids, and... Uh, she had a, a miscarriage, and that was supposed to be a girl. So, um, hmm. I guess it's not a perfect science, but. Very, uh, very. Wow. I think we're going out to eat if you guys want to do. Look at us, we can steal the money. <laughs> He's still recording now. <laughs> Actually, he is. Yeah, really? Yeah, it is. I was still recording. Oh! <laughs> Oh, you can't put that on the. Talking about. Hey, Paul, somebody ran up with your money. Oh, yeah. I know you're a recorder for a long time. You just recorded our whole conversation. I like my song. I'm happy to hear money. Make sure you have it because we had a long conversation and it